And now, the BC Food and Wine Radio Network presents Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson. This is BC Food and Wine Radio, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. Now, here's Anthony and Casey. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show, a very busy show on the cusp of a long weekend. Casey Wilson, uh, we're going to start, uh, well, we're going to visit today Vancouver Island. Lauren Inglis joins us. He's the GM at Enrico Winery. We're going to be up there broadcasting uh, later this year. Casey, you love it up there. I do, and I especially like their Roundtable Wine Club. Right on. And uh, don't you like the little store? Don't they have some oh, the great shopping inside? Yes. Yeah, inside. Uh, we'll also speak with Mike Clark. We're going to ask him a little bit about uh, Similkameen Pinot Gris and talk a little bit about organics. Of course, uh, Mike's been doing a great job at Clos de Soleil for some time now in the Similkameen Valley. And then uh, we're going to speak to a viticulturalist today. Do you know what a viticulturalist is, Casey Wilson? I sure do. And I'm You do? I'm he s- looks after vineyards. He does, and disease and... And our man, and uh, yeah, and we'll speak with Andrew Moon, who uh, heads up viticulture and vineyard uh, management over at Tinhorn Creek Winery, uh, about all those different issues. And it's uh, particularly uh, uh, right to speak about it now in the springtime. So many things that need to be done in the vineyard. Finally, we wrap up with uh, Ross Wise. Of course, he's the winemaker at Black Hills Winery in the South Okanagan. They're known for partying there. They had to tone it down with COVID, but uh, they got a lot of good stuff going on, and we'll catch up with Ross and talk about a grape called Carmenere, more famous in Chile than anywhere else in the world. And one of my favorite wines, Alibi. All that coming up next on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. British Columbia's wine growing history dates back generations, and today it's one of the more prominent regions on the worldwide wine stage. With Save On Foods, you can find the world's largest collection in one place. With more than 1,500 wines from over 180 BC VQA wineries, the unique tastes of our province have never been more convenient. Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. Browse the entire collection now at saveonfoods.com and discover all the different wines our province has to offer. Overlooking a beautiful 12-acre vineyard in the heart of the Cowichan Valley, the Unsworth Restaurant welcomes you to get away from it all. Enjoy a delectable menu and award-winning wines in our dining room or outdoor patio. Unsworth Restaurant, vineyard dining where casual meets elegant. You can find Unsworth wines across BC. Look for us at your local liquor store. Visit unsworthvineyards.com. Barb Haller, owner of Poplar Grove Winery in the Okanagan. I see world-class wines being grown here. I see the potential for growth in the wine industry, in ecotourism, in everything that the valley has to offer. And on her winery. It is the best job in the world. I'm in the sunshine all the time. I'm looking out over the lake. There's the birds. There's the crew. Poplar Grove, available at private fine wine stores. Join the wine club at poplargrove.ca. Location, location, location. If you've made up your mind to finally take that big step and move to the beautiful Okanagan, 
keep in mind that you don't have to do it alone. The right real estate agent can make all the difference. Let Sean Everest of REMAX Kelowna be your trusted advisor as you embark on this exciting new chapter. I'm Sean Everest. I raised my family here and you can too. Visit seaneverest.com and let me help you on your move. And welcome to the Okanagan. I'm sure you're going to love it. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Our first guest today is Ross Wise. He's an MW and a winemaker. I love to say that. Uh, of course, he's in charge of uh, the wine over at Black Hills, among other things, in the uh, Peller Group. Ross, how are you today? I'm very well, Tony. Thanks very much for having me on. Yeah. Uh, well, we hear it's windy in the Okanagan. Uh, is it springtime? Is it, are things progressing uh, as they should? I would think so, yeah. It definitely feels it had warmed up a bit until this week, and now the wind's definitely blowing today. But, uh, yeah, no, I think it's warming up. feels like the snow's disappearing slowly from the hills, and plants are waking up again, so it's, yeah, it's a good feeling. So it's yeah. not a problem right now if it's windy, Ross? No, there's no uh, there's no shoots on the vine to blow off yet. We're probably still uh, two or three weeks away from seeing growth on the vines, so we'll, we'll take it at this stage. Yeah. Do you have... Uh... Do you have like a big task list in the spring, Ross, uh, or is it like, would you say it's one of the busiest times or? Oh, it seems to be always busy at the moment, but yeah, spring's sort of, it's the big bottling month for us, for, uh, for the winery. So we're just uh, getting the 2019 reds into the bottle at the moment and um, mm-hmm. starting to shift focus to the first of the 2020 whites. So it's it's probably a fairly busy time, um, a little bit more tricky this year trying to get bottles and labels uh, through in time. Everything seems to be a bit slower at the moment, but yeah, yeah, so it's 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 definitely still busy, although nothing going on in the vineyard apart from preparation, I guess you could say. Right on. So uh, you're you're going to bottle the new whites, but I, you must be releasing uh, some white wines too at this moment. Yeah, so we're, yeah, we're just about to release our 2019 uh, Chardonnay along with our 2019 Carmenere tomorrow, actually. So that's pretty exciting. Probably our second biggest club release of the year. So yeah, mm. that's the first white up, the 2019 Chard. Um, which incident we just sent off to Norway too. It's our first big export. <laughs> 2019 Chardonnay, we sent 300 cases to Norway to the Norwegian oh, uh, wine monopoly there, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. 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 Hey, Hopefully they send uh, me over to do some winemakers' dinners there. Right. Have you been tweaking that wine or working with it since you've arrived? Or how, how, do you, how would you describe your philosophy without Chardonnay? Yeah, definitely changed things up there. Um, so, I mean, but now it's 100% wild fermentation. That's something I really believe in for Chardonnay. I think uh, it's the best way to let the place show through in the wine. So we, we mm-hmm. switched it to 100% wild ferment in 2019. Um, we really dialed back the oak. I think one of my big um, philosophies with Chardonnay is to use larger formats, sort of 500-litre barrels. And we dialed back the new oak percentage. Uh, went down to 10% in 2019, and we've actually got no new oak in the 2020 that's in barrel at the moment. So wow. again, just showing off the showing off the vineyard rather than the the, the cooper. Our guest is uh, Ross Weiss. He's the winemaker at uh, Black Hills Estate Winery. Ross, you've had a really interesting journey. I think from a sheep farmer to a chef to a winemaker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's been fun. I certainly uh, I don't miss the sheep farming days. I can tell you that I think that <laughs> it was not much fun chasing uh, sheep around during my childhood. And yeah, um, pretty happy to get off the farm. And I guess viticulture sort of came about because of that. I think 
it was a it was still farming and all the parts I liked about about being outdoors. But uh, yeah, I guess vines are a little bit more controllable than sheep, so it was a nice trend, nice progression there. And what has surprised you about being a winemaker? I don't know. There's something every day. <laughs> um, I, I think I don't know. I, I kind of feel like my my career's sort of gone in two halves. I think for the first half, it was very much new world trained and trying to control everything and really paying attention to the science. And I think um, since then, and since working with a few older world winemakers and travelling a bit more, sort of shifted my focus and and into more hands off and and more patience-based winemaking, I guess I call it. So slowing the process down and just letting natural processes happen themselves. So I think it sort of surprised me that that's, <laughs> that's the direction I've gone because I didn't really, wasn't exposed to that through my training. So um, I think just seeing the quality you can get by doing less and being more hands-off and patient, I think that's probably the thing that surprised me the most in recent years. And being a chef, I know you've got probably many answers to this question, but do you have a favourite food and wine pairing? <laughs> oh, there's too many. Yeah, I mean, everybody says oysters and Chablis or oysters and Muscadet, and that's always a big favourite. But I, I actually, I don't put a lot of uh, effort into it at home, to be honest with you. I just, I drink good wine with good food, and obviously you're not going to pair a big red wine with a light fish dish, but I don't put too much thought into it beforehand, but... There's obviously some great pairings out there, but um, I, I, to be honest with you, I probably put more thought into the sweet wines, like pairing sauterne or tokai or port with uh, with a cheese or with a dessert. That's probably the most effort I put into pairings, but mm. yeah, it's not something I put too much weight in. Uh, well, when you mention those kind of uh, uh, grape varieties and wines, uh, we know you're an MW, which is a really uh, useful thing to have. We're speaking with uh, Ross Wise. He's the winemaker at uh, Black Hills. Ross, your other release, I want to talk a bit about Carmenere because uh, I think many of our listeners are familiar with that grape uh, growing in Chile. It has been growing here for a while. What's your take on Carmenere and and, uh, what's going on at Black Hills? Yeah, I think it's really found a home at Black Hills, and I think we're probably right on the marginal end of of the climate zone for it um, in the South Okanagan, but it really has a, a really unique character there. Uh, it's certainly really expressive in everything pepper-related, red pepper, white pepper, roasted red pepper. Um, but this is a character that's really resonated with our with our wine club and our customers. Um, and it's just so consistent every year. Um, and one thing I really like about it is as it ages, it develops these other savoury elements and it almost gets into like a Northern Rhone Syrah roasted meat kind of character, so right. I, I really like it. I think it's a, it's a big seller for us. We can't make enough of it. Um, I'm really warming up to it myself. I think it's an exciting grape, and it's just one you just stay out of the way of. Like we re- like the Chardonnay, we've just reduced the new oak per- percentage and just letting the fruit show through and, and show what it is. Mm. Uh, is it the 2018 now that's coming out? It's the 19. Yeah, we just can't it's make 19. it quick enough. <laughs> yeah, so it spends about 10 months in barrel and then uh, is released the following spring. So it's a quick turnaround. Yeah, and it's uh, just the last thing about it. It's been fairly low alcohol the last few years. Is that continuing? Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, I call it climate change proof. It always ripens really late and it doesn't have a lot of sugar in the berry compared to other red grapes that we grow around here. So it always falls in about the 12.5-13% alcohol range which I find really, really palatable and refreshing compared to a lot of the, the new world reds that you <clears throat> that you get at the moment. So I think that's, that's a really nice angle for it. It makes it very food friendly, um, but also makes it climate change proof. Like if the world does continue to warm up a little bit, 
it's got a little bit of uh, leeway there with the with the alcohol percentage. You know, one of my favorite wines is Alibi. One of mine too. Is it? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So we'll be yeah we're looking to bottle that one in May. It should be out sometime around June. Um, that's another one we actually sort of took a took a look at. I took a step back and thought about how we can sort of enhance this wine and. The first thing we did was change our fruit source. We moved a little bit further north to get a cooler site. Um, and it doesn't give a cooler expression, but what it does is it gives a much more intense fruit expression. Yeah. Um, so I think what we're getting now is a really tropical alibi. <clears throat> We've dialed in the oak as well. We're still using some large format oak there, but there's also just a hint of wood spice as well coming through. There's still a little bit of semillon in the blend, somewhere around 10%. But yeah, we're pretty excited with where this one's going. Um, probably the biggest difference is the wild fermentation and longer press cycles. We're sort of extending it to eight, ten-hour press cycles for the Sauvignon Blanc. And that really helps yeah. us get a lot more out of the skins of the grapes. Uh, it's it's quite exciting what's going on with Sauvignon Blanc. It's been such a sort of off-the-grid variety in BC for quite a while, but now there seems to be more and more interest. And of course, the quality is climbing with the winemaking, so it's uh, it's fun to see these new releases. Uh, you're famous. You're almost famous for being a party joint down there, Ross. And I'm wondering. Uh, <laughs> uh, I know the restrictions are on and off and on and off. But uh, what what are you going to do now for the next uh, month or two? Are you open at all, or how how would you how would you caution people who say I want to go to Black Hills? Yeah. So we, I mean, we we've been open the whole time through through COVID, and we've been very careful. We've sort of halved our capacity, and everybody gets a seated tasting, and it's very well spaced and very professional. Um, what we're finding, I think it, it's really good. It just gives a lot more time, and um, we, we get to tell our story a lot more clearer um, to, to a smaller group of people. So I think it works really well. For summer, we're looking at, um, we've got a new patio service that we're going to roll out this summer, partner, partnering with um, Jeff Van Geest from Miradora across the valley, which is really oh, exciting. Wow. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah, and we're going to go to a tapas-style menu there starting in June. So that's something to watch out for later in the summer, which is really I'm really excited about. But yeah, the parties are on hold, unfortunately. And <laughs> I feel like we didn't really get to celebrate our 20th vintage, which is a bit of a shame. But maybe we'll make up for it in a year or so. Yeah. Uh, well, I would caution uh, people—not caution—I would uh, get uh, people to go to your website, uh, BlackHillsWinery.com. There's a lot of great information there. There's 10 things you can learn about touring wine country, which I thought all 10 were fantastic ideas and. And thoughts coming from the winery and people traveling to wineries this year should read them all. Ross, uh, great to catch up with you. I can't wait to taste the new Alibi and the new Carmenere and all the new releases. I, I, I really uh, love what's going on at Black Hills. Uh, all these little tweaks, a little less oak, more freshness, more intensity. Uh, it's just, I love the incremental increase in quality in BC. That's the way we have to go to reach for the stars. And uh, hey, thanks for joining us, man. My pleasure. Can't wait to throw these wines off. Yes, and we can't wait to get up there and see you and taste your wines. <laughs> have a great uh, have a great Easter weekend. I hope you get some time off with your kids. Thanks very much, and same to you. Thank you. Okay, Russ Wise, he's the winemaker at Black Hills, also a master of wine, major achievement in the wine business. And the new releases are available. You can check them all out online at blackhillswinery.com. Our shout-out today goes to listeners in Kelowna on AM 1150. We love our new time at 3 p.m. on Friday and again on Sunday at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening to the BC Food & Wine Radio Network, and cheers to you and the weekend. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, but don't go away. We're not going far, and when we return, 
Uh, we are going to head back to the Okanagan and catch up with a bit of culturalist and a vineyard manager. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Red Rooster Winery invites you on a sensory journey from grape to glass. Savor the sweeping vineyard, lake, and mountain views from their cozy estate tasting room on Naramata Bench. This month, they're featuring their award-winning and estate-grown Reserve Malbec, the perfect bold red to complement any occasion. Seated tastings are offered seven days a week between 11 and 5 this spring. Come for the views, stay for the wine. Visit redroosterwinery.com for more info. Come celebrate 10 seasons with the Wine Experience Center team at Black Hills Estate Winery. Enjoy our new releases while basking on the sunny vineyard terrace. Or become a wine club member and enjoy a wine experience in one of our private cabanas while sampling our rare Carmenere. Can't make it out to the Okanagan this spring? You can also join us from the comfort of your own home with one of our virtual wine tasting sets. For more information, follow us on Instagram or to reserve a tasting experience, visit blackhillswinery.com. Hillside Winery is here to serve you, BC. We're offering free shipping across the province on all orders of six bottles or more. Let Hillside deliver direct to your doorstep and give you one less thing to tick off your shopping list. If you're a local, ordering online for pickup is easy and hassle-free. Hillside will happily box up your wines and have them ready and waiting for you. We want to make getting your favorite Hillside wines easy. Find us online at hillsidewinery.ca. It's a new normal. My husband and I want to get away. Need something to look forward to. So we decided to book a weekend away at a European wellness resort right here in BC. Plan an escape without leaving the province at Sparkling Hill Resort. Overlooking the beautiful Okanagan Valley. Relax and focus on your health and wellness at this luxury resort. Check out the immersive wellness packages available and learn more about this undiscovered gem today at sparklinghill.com. Gizmondionwine.com, BC's destination for finding great wine at all price points. With their easy-to-use search engine of over 30,000-plus tasting notes, you can find the wines you want by price, points, and more. Bookmark Gizmondionwine.com for the new notes posted daily, each with a photo of the label. Get new ideas and find great buys with seasonal and weekly top 10 wine lists, original stories, and videos. If wine matters to you, join us at Gizmondionwine.com. Follow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Gizmondionwine.com. Mondi on wine. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. The moon is Andrew, Andrew Moon, and he's the viticulturalist and vineyard manager at Tinhorn Creek. In the South Okanagan on that magnificent Golden Mile bench, he joins us today. Andrew, how are you this morning? I'm very well, Tony. How are you, Casey? I'm fine, thank you. I always worry about you in the springtime. So much to do, so little time to do it in. Are you on top of all the chores that uh, are required in the vineyard at this moment? Yeah, we're getting there. We've just about finished pruning. I think we'll be finished next week, just in time. I think bud burst will be around 17th, uh, 20-something of... April, so we're on track for that, and us guys have all finished our budgeting and planning for the season, so yeah. What's the toughest chore in a vineyard? The toughest? Yes. De-suckering. 
to you have to you have to bend down at every trunk and rub off all the uh, non-wanted shoots. That's ah. a brutal job. Yeah. Interesting. So bud burst is in the near the end of April. Is that pretty much normal, or is it a bit behind? Uh, we think it's it's probably a week ahead. Our average bud burst date is around the first of May, so we think in the last week of April. So it's it's probably a little. We've had a mild winter. Yeah, uh, we've got a little bit of cool weather now, which could slow it up. So, so not too pretty, much pretty damage, average. not too much damage in the vineyards, or it was a great winter. I think we only came down. There was probably two or three days that got around the minus fourteen mark or somewhere around there. So, oh wow, that's um, good. It'll be good. It'll be a good. It'll be a good winter that we wouldn't have had much bud damage. Yeah. Uh, well, we want to catch up with you today to talk a bit about the new, uh, not so much new, but the growing and evolving sustainable wine growing British Columbia program. Uh, and I, we're, I'm mostly interested in how it will affect consumers or how consumers can interact with the, the idea of sustainable wine growing now going on in uh, the BC wine industry. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if anyone wants to check it out, there's a website uh, called Sustainable Wine Growers of BC, and it's pretty interactive, and people can go in there and have a look at what us guys are doing. Um, it's a, it's a, it's what it's an audit process, and it's going to be accreditation. Um, APL, especially, we're pushing all our growers and all our state vineyards into that. Uh, say like the way that we're going to grow grapes into the future. It's not really hard for me. I've been doing what we've been doing for the last 10 years. Right. Um, but, you know, it's, a, it's, it's, you know, we're not greenwashing or anything. It is about sustainability. It is about keeping the industry alive. It's, uh, and it's doing the right thing, you know, to pass farms on down to next generations and yeah. stuff like that. It's a really, it is a really good program. So, um, it's got a lot to do with the core thing of IPM, which is integrated pest management. So it's, so it's about education, knowing what pest diseases that grape grinds get, and then using low intervention products to mitigate those. Or, you know, and basically, I've been using that for ten years, Tony. And like, I haven't sprayed an insecticide at Tin Horn since I got here in oh, 2009. So. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we're not we're not classed as organic, but it's a very much forward-moving thing towards that. And what about pests in British Columbia wine country? Are there more in, say, California or Australia or Europe? Oh, absolutely. We're very fortunate here in BC, and it's probably because of our nasty winters that we do have. Um, we've really only got a couple of pests. Uh, leaf hopper and probably cutworm and you know to say that in a vineyard is pretty spectacular you know we don't have light brown apple moth uh, like the california guys do we don't have uh, glassy wing sharpshooters which are spreading pierces disease down in california so we're very fortunate here and then then disease wise every vineyard in the world if it's grown in the right place is a dry weather disease called powdery mildew so um, apart from that, we're pretty lucky here. So, you know, BC growers don't have to use many chemicals. If you if you're into that, uh, you buy wine from places that are in desert climate. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, which brings up another question about this program. Because it's a desert climate and it's so dry, you do need water. So, what's going on with water usage, like at Tinhorn and in the valley, and how will that sort of fall? Does that fall in under sustainable too? Absolutely, and the idea is that 
looking around the place, historically here we used to overhead irrigate, um, and that was just because that's what was done. Um, I do believe that, you know, probably 50 60% of vineyards now are well and truly drip irrigated. Um, and, and when I say that, you use 60 70% less water for uh, for drip irrigation than you do overhead. And then people might say, well, it's a waste of water, but actual vineyards use a really low percentage of water comparative to other agricultural crops. So even tomatoes use double of what a vineyard does. So <clears throat> we, we hardly use any water. But, um, yeah, that, that program has got water systems in it and watershed management, and it's a lot to do with measuring your water, measuring your soil, what what holding capacity you have mm. and just do and then pinpointing to grow a style at the winery requires and yeah it's a really comprehensive program it's been in the it's been in the works for 10 years so there's been a lot of background work done as well yeah uh well and it's a healthy environment too i would imagine uh, then uh, healthier than it was 10 years ago if you're not spraying and you're doing you know you're getting more in touch with with the nature and saving even saving i think people may not notice but uh also it's all the other stuff that's growing around vineyards that are being left alone now uh you know to flourish in a, in a natural state absolutely and yeah you know, I, I myself i've seen the biodiversity increase at tinhorn over those 10 years and it's not like you change things the next day it's a it's a long-term strategy and yeah and and it look it, it benefits the it benefits us as growers, it benefits the environment, it benefits the consumers. It's a great thing to move towards, but yeah, it's well, like any farm and it takes a, it takes a while. <laughs> yeah. But in the end, Andrew, you're always judged on the tasting bench uh, by the quality of the wines. Uh, what are you drinking that you love at the moment? Uh, you, you mentioned to me a couple of wines that you're enjoying, the 19 Pinot Gris. I think Pinot Gris yeah. is another another sort of undervalued wine in BC because it was so ordinarily made, you know, 20 years ago. Now it's much more exciting. It, yeah, so some people don't find Gris very exciting, and <laughs> but, but uh, no, there's some really us. good stuff. Our 19, our 19 Gris really, we're fortunate. We've got both sides of the valley with the Golden Mile and the Black Sage, so we get some, uh, you know, some mineralities. Uh, more austere style, more high acidity coming off the Golden Mile style side, and then we've got the big fruit forward, you know, ripe tropical fruit that comes off our black sage. So we've got that beautiful blend, and it does make a great product in the end. Mm. So, and it's quite, it's a good value too. I know it's under yeah, twenty bucks. So. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Our guest is Andrew Moon. He's a viticulturist and vineyard manager at Tinhorn Creek. Andrew Moon, how important? is uh, hands-off viticulture. Hands-off viticulture? Yes. <laughs> like how, As in, I, I just stay at home? Yeah. Or... How, hand, how hands-off like can viticulture be? I think, I think yeah, I know, I know what you get. It's, so it's, I think it's very important that, A, the viticulturist or vineyard manager knows uh, their systems and knows the environment that they're working in. Um, you get to be more hands-off if that system becomes more in balance. Uh, if, I, if I sprayed every day, then I'd put things out of balance and then I suppose you'd call that it's not hands-off anymore. 
Um, you know, we're always looking for ways of reducing labour, I suppose, in vineyards with pruning methods, et cetera, and, and trying to... It's, I suppose, a little bit like winemaking. We try to not do too much and just let the natural terroir drive the grapes. So, yeah, it's it, hands-off is good, but... Good. <laughs> we don't... We don't need to be on the farm. We don't want hands-off in Miradora, though, that wonderful restaurant with the great <laughs> patio. So it's open, is it? Yeah, and it's its 10th anniversary this year. So uh, they've got a dinner, hopefully, uh, on May 28th. I know you can go to their website and book in for that. So Manny's very excited. Manny Fierro is very excited for the anniversary. They are opened. Uh, their patio is open with the health protocols till 19th of April. Um, but definitely got a book. I know Manny said last week he was already busy and now he's, he's confined out to his uh, patio. So, uh, yeah, so yep, the Mirador is cracking already, so it's good. Mm. <laughs> it is good. Uh, Andrew, always good to catch up with you and get an update from the vineyard uh, and from the tasting room. We ran out of time before I could ask you about the black glass tastings. I know you're a big fan of those. Uh, you you love not knowing what you're drinking, right? <laughs> uh, I'm not I'm not game to do that, Tony. They might sack me because I couldn't pick the wine properly. So. <laughs> I don't think anybody can, so you're not alone. Uh, hey, listen, have a great Easter weekend. I hope you get some time off. We'll catch up with you soon. Thank you, guys. Okay, Andrew Moon, viticulturalist and vineyard manager at Tinhorn Creek. If you missed any of our show on the radio this week, remember you can listen to BC Food and Wine anytime on our podcast available on all the major podcast platforms including soundcloud and apple podcasts stick around there's plenty more coming up on the bc food and wine radio network next up mike clark he's the winemaker and managing director at clos de soleil there's more to come this is the bc food and wine radio network presented in part by wines of british columbia at save on foods British Columbia's wine growing history dates back generations, and today it's one of the more prominent regions on the worldwide wine stage. With Save On Foods, you can find the world's largest collection in one place. With more than 1,500 wines from over 180 BC VQA wineries, the unique tastes of our province have never been more convenient. Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. Browse the entire collection now at saveonfoods.com and discover all the different wines our province has to offer. Watermark Beach Resort in Asoyuz is taking some time to refresh and renew for the upcoming season. Renovations are underway at the restaurant, but takeout is still available seven days a week. Book now for spring and summer travel to avoid disappointment and discover the South Okanagan good life at the Okanagan Resort that defines easy living. Visit watermarkbeachresort.com for full details and keep up to date on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Although the B.C. government has restricted indoor dining until mid-April, the Modest Butcher at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery reminds you that their outdoor patio space remains open from noon to 8, weather permitting, with a limited menu and no reservations. Walk-ins only, please. For those who would like to enjoy the Modest Butcher in the comfort of your own home, Modest Joe's Takeout will still be available. The Modest Butcher and Mount Boucherie Estate Winery thank you for your continued support. 
the upper bench of BC's Similkameen Valley, a special place that's the source of some of Canada's best wines. Here, nestled in a sun-laden stony corner of the mountains, you'll find Clos de Soleil Winery. Clos de Soleil blends age-old Bordeaux varieties and a unique Similkameen minerality for wines that are elegant, age-worthy, distinctively terroir-driven. Visit them by appointment or purchase their wines online at clodesoleil.ca with free shipping offered to all BC and Alberta customers on orders of six bottles or more. Tony Haller, owner of Poplar Grove Winery. The best wine experience I had was very recently. We were with a bunch of sommeliers from Calgary and Vancouver, and they asked to do a vertical of legacy. The oldest legacy we had, which we then called Reserve, was a 1998. We opened that bottle. It was delicious. And these sommeliers were stunned that a wine that old could still be fruit forward. Experience the glory. Join the wine club at poplargrove.ca. Please enjoy responsibly. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, we're heading up to one of our favorite spots in British Columbia, the Smilkameen Valley. Uh, to speak with Mike Clark, he's the winemaker and managing director at Clos du Soleil, really uh, a gem uh, among BC wineries, and uh, one that's growing very conscientiously. Mike, great to talk to you uh, this spring season. I've been talking to people. Actually, I talked to somebody who was planting new vines. I talked to somebody who was spreading his compost manure, and I've talked to somebody who was unearthing his vines in British Columbia. So what, what are you doing up there in the Similkameen right now? Yeah, it seems like the work never slows down here. Um, spring weather is starting to wake up all the vines from their winter dormancy. Uh, we at Clotus Lay are just finishing up uh, the pruning uh, when our vineyard crews uh, snip off the canes from the, the prior year. And um, we're doing things like uh, uh, mulching those canes into the ground, basically returning the organic matter back um, to the soil. And right. uh, and tying the vines as well, so that's where the um, the vines get basically attached to the trellis wires that you see in vineyards. When you you're mulching back in the soil, like we hear so much about stony soils and mineral soils and all that, but you do need a bit of organic, do you not? Yeah, absolutely. And every year, uh, the vines are taking uh, nutrients out of the soil as they grow and produce grapes, and so it's important to return that to the soil too. I'm such a big believer in this because having healthy living soil to me is really critical to producing quality fruit and fruit that really represents the land where it was grown in. So that's that's why we are organic and biodynamic here. It's because of that belief in the importance of soil. I think I think Casey you and I know remember back when Casey when we would go down in Napa and you'd go in the vineyards and every all the soil was dug up it was all black the vines were all green yes everything looked so great and we had no idea that everything in the ground was dead because because it'd been sprayed <laughs> to death and so there's yeah. no weeds no bugs no nothing and we thought wow look at how beautiful this vineyard is and and now it's a completely different like when we walk through your vineyard Mike how would you describe it today it, it's uh, a little bit wild, uh, and that's uh, very purposeful. So uh, we have really healthy, uh, vibrant vines that produce the fruit that go into our top-quality wines. 
but then growing all around those vines is a whole mixture of, of wild plants and uh, and uh, buzzing insects and lots of life in the in the soil itself. Um, yeah. Whether we're talking worms or microscopic bacteria, and that all becomes one ecosystem. Yeah, it's alive. Uh, our guest is Mike Clark. He's the winemaker and managing director at Clodisile Winery in the Similkameen Valley. Mike, to fight climate change, what does a winemaker want to think about, you know, other than just the grapes? Yeah, to me, that's such an important thing because, uh, you know, taking care of our environment and trying to do what we can to fight climate change is so important well, for all of us as individuals. But then, uh, you know, a, a winery is also a farm, and that gives us responsibility for taking care of the land. So certainly our certified organic practices are part of that, uh, being careful about what we put into the land. But then beyond that, and to your topic about um, uh, about climate change, we're really careful about our own energy use. Uh, we have chargers here at the winery for charging of electric cars for visitors who, who come and visit us. Um, we're careful about our water use. And we also select glass bottles that are... Uh, uh, light, which is to say back in the day, I don't know, a decade ago, people would buy really heavy glass bottles for fancy wines because it implied that they were special wines. And the truth is they have a way higher carbon footprint, the the glass Mm -hmm. itself, and then the delivery of that to the final customer because they're heavy. And so there's been a big sea change in how we think about all those things. Uh, well, COVID's changed a lot of what we know about the wine business, what's going on. But what we do know is grapes still grow and wine still gets bottled and it gets released. You've got three very uh, tasty, interesting new 2020 releases that uh, have just come out. Maybe we'll just quickly run through them. Let's start with the Fumé Blanc, which is uh, a strange name for a white wine. Yeah, so um, this is actually one of our most popular white wines. It's a blend of Sauvignon Blanc and Semillon. Uh, It's fermented in a combination of stainless steel and uh, French oak puncheon. A puncheon is basically like a big, extra big barrel. And uh, and people just love this wine. It's very food friendly, but because it's quite fruit forward, it's also very easy to drink by itself. It's like an ideal patio wine. Yeah, and the Pinot Gris is it is Similkameen Pinot Gris substantially different? Like I feel like it is. What what do you think about the style of of your Pinot Gris? Yeah, there's no question that our Pinot Gris is different than uh, in style than a lot of other BC Pinot Gris. Uh, part of that is coming from the way we do things at Clos but I think part of that too is a Similkameen style. Exactly what you're saying. It it's. Uh, our style is very dry. There's a real uh, mineral edge to it, uh, but but ripe fruit at the core. Uh, I personally am really happy with the 2020 vintage. Wow. And I'm really happy with all the rosé you've made, but tell us about <laughs> your latest release. Yeah, so the rosé just flies out the door, I have to say. It, it, we can never keep it around. Um, our rosé uh, is 100% Malbec. Uh, it's grown specifically for rosé, so um, we're growing it for the uh, somewhat lower alcohol levels, uh, which keeps it really nice and refreshing when you're having a glass on a on a summer day, and bright acidity too. Um, we just released it as of yesterday, and I can tell you that orders have been uh, flowing in since over wow. the last 24 hours. So I really recommend people to uh, get a bottle if they can. I and recommend that-, that they should join your wine club. Yeah, I that's do too. a good way. 
It's, well, it's, uh, the wine club uh, we're really proud of. We've put a lot of effort into thinking about how to make it special and offer value to people. Uh, one of the things is because our wines sell out very quickly is we make sure that we reserve wine specifically for the club members so that they can always be sure to get them. But then there are a whole lot of other things. When COVID isn't around, we, we have events for them, but we also allow them to adopt rows of vines in our vineyard and put their name on the row. Um, we provide them with a lot of extra background information on our wines. So I, I think it's a really interesting opportunity for people. One of the things uh, also that's cool, and, and it's it's almost it's totally new in the wine business, you have a drive-through pickup. How does that work? Yeah, we started this um, uh, last year uh, during some of those um, lockdown periods, but I think it's going to be something that we uh, keep for good. Um, for people because even when things are back to normal there are going to be people who pass through the valley and want to pick up some wine but don't always have time to come in and do a full visit even though we love people to do that so for a drive-through pickup uh, they either phone the winery or they can just book it very easily online through a reservation system there's no cost they just tell us when they're coming by uh, and either they can tell us what wine they want in advance or we come out to their car with a little menu it's kind of like a drive-through restaurant uh, they can tell us from the menu what they want. We bring the wine out, we load it into their car, and they're off. So it's super easy. That's cool. Uh, we're almost out of time, but you do have a, a new vineyard. We're going to hear more about upcoming, but maybe we could get a little preview here about uh, the certification of Whisper, uh, Whispered Secret Vineyard. Yes, so this is a vineyard we've been working with for many years, uh, but we bought it last year. And what we're really proud to announce, in fact, two of you are the very first people I've, I've told publicly about this, is that we've just achieved organic certification. That's a three-year process, and, uh, and we're really happy that we've completed that, and uh, all of the fruit now is certified organic from that vineyard. That's fantastic. Uh, Mike, great to catch up with you. We, we see your wines now mostly uh, in uh, retailers in the city. Everything wine is a big retailer of yours. And on Vancouver Island, you, are you set up on Vancouver Island? Yep, uh, we've uh, we actually have a lot of different distribution points um, uh, across the island. Uh, Spinnaker's is one example has uh, has been doing a great job with for us, but we have a bunch of partners on the island, and so people can definitely find our wine there too. Fantastic, uh, Michael. Always great to catch up with you. Uh, we can't wait to get up there. We're uh, we're gassing up the truck as we speak. I hope we're going to be able to get up there in the next month or so and uh, say hello to everybody and uh, do some tasting. We're looking forward to it. Thank you. Thanks so much, Mike. Yeah. Thank you. you Mike too. Clark, he's the winemaker and managing director at Clos Soleil Winery. Really a, a delightful place to visit in the Similkameen Valley. Don't drive by, folks. Uh, the biggest mistake you can do is whiz by at 100K when you could just sit outside and just breathe in and enjoy the vineyards. You're listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. We'll take a quick break, but Casey and I are headed for Vancouver Island. Uh, in our next stop, we are going to speak with Lauren Inglis. He's the general manager at Enrico Winery, up next on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Save on Foods. 
If you're a wine lover and you're ready for something new, try a little long-distance therapy. It's the wine club four out of four wine lovers would probably agree on. With 15% off therapy wine, discounted shipping, 20% off regular seasonal rates at the Inn at Therapy Vineyards, access to exclusive library wines, and more. Click therapyvineyards.com and choose your tier and frequency of delivery and sit back and wait as some of the Okanagan's finest is delivered direct to your door. Sign up today at therapyvineyards.com. Have the extraordinary organic wines of Summerhill Pyramid Winery in the pristine Okanagan Valley delivered to your door. When you become an organic ambassador, a portion of every purchase you make at Summerhill goes back into your account, which you can use towards future purchases anytime. Share the love with your friends to earn even more credits. Find out more about Summerhill Pyramid Winery's organic ambassador program and order online by visiting summerhill.bc.ca. Experience award-winning wines at Tinhorn Creek Vineyards. The tasting room is open daily from 11 to 5. For exclusive VIP experiences, join the Crush Club. Members receive regular shipments to top up their cellar, 15% discounts, early access to new releases, and admission to the Wine Club Lounge with every visit. Plus, Miradoro Restaurant is now open daily with a new spring menu. Check their Instagram feed for daily updates, and for details and reservations, visit tinhorn.com. Overlooking a beautiful 12-acre vineyard in the heart of the Cowichan Valley, the Unsworth Restaurant welcomes you to get away from it all. Enjoy a delectable menu and award-winning wines in our dining room or outdoor patio. Unsworth Restaurant, vineyard dining where casual meets elegant. You can find Unsworth wines across BC. Look for us at your local liquor store. Visit unsworthvineyards.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, very pleased to move over to Vancouver Island today uh, to talk with Lauren Inglis. He's the general manager at Enrico Winery, uh, one of the uh, wineries, as I say, one of the little paradises on Vancouver Island where they grow grapes and make wine and uh, treat visitors like kings and queens. Lauren, how are you today? I'm very well. How are you guys doing? We're doing I'm very good. well. Uh, it's a fantastic day. How are things on the island? Well, things on the island are beautiful as usual, and uh, sunshine. It hasn't rained here in two or three years, so it's uh, it's absolutely, uh, we, we're spoiled over here on the island, as you know. Wow, it hasn't rained in two or three years. Not many people can say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Well, maybe yeah. we get the occasional drizzle, but other than that, we don't get much. So yeah. Uh, okay, let's start with Enrico. Where is it? Let tell our listeners exactly where you are. Well, we're in Mill Bay. Uh, we've got 54 acres here. It's uh, just an absolutely gorgeous spot. Mill Bay is nestled pretty much in the heart of the Cowichan Valley. Yeah. Um, it's just a stunning location. We have our own nice little microclimate over here for growing some beautiful wines or grapes, and obviously with those we make great wines. Yeah, you were you were an early believer in the Cowichan uh, for grape growing. Now, so many people are uh, trying to get in on it. It's such a great place. Uh, are you? Is it sort of unfolding the way you thought it might when you when you got involved in all this business? 
hundred percent it is. Yeah, it's um, everything is unfolding perfectly as as predicted, and probably even a little a little more so than before. Um, the amount of wineries and the amount of uh, vineyards that are being planted on a regular basis that you know any any vacant piece of property that's large enough to sustain grapes are getting rolled into grapes right now. So it's uh, it's doing very very well over here for sure. Mm-hmm. You're uh, well known for special occasions and big events. I know there's been a, you know, a clamp down on that throughout COVID. But how have you managed? You do have a lot of outdoor space there. Has that been useful uh, for you and uh, your customers? It, it definitely has been. And and once COVID hit, um, I mean, certain areas of the patios and lower decks, the licensing has changed. Uh, BCLDB has been nice enough to. Uh, take a look at that and and uh, allow us to do multiple types of servings down in other areas where before we couldn't and uh it definitely has helped for sure um, yeah so yeah it's 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 been a big help from them for for the uh the current situation that we're under our guest is lauren inglis he's the general manager at enrico winery uh up in mill bay in the Cowichan valley lauren what surprises visitors when they visit enrico vineyards I think the biggest thing is just when you're when you come inside, just the way you're received by everybody. You know, one of the things that we like to do is to make it a real family-friendly feel, and and when people walk in, that's what they say. Our tasting room is is quaint. Um, the outside areas are very large and and very expansive. You know, views of the vineyard, views of the the trout pond. So when you come out here, you you don't want to leave. Is what happens and. The people that work here are awesome. The the girls that are inside are just they're you know second to none. It, it's just a great location. We have live music on the weekend, so that's uh, that's really special as well. And I love the gift shop. Yes, there's uh, there's lots of little goodies in the there gift shop. There are. I bought sure. a lot of them when yeah. I was there. Yeah, there's more and more being added all the time, of course. And uh, yeah, we we're having a lot of fun with that. Lauren, you grow a number of different grape varieties. Of course, Pinot Gris Chardonnay and Pinot Noir are well known, but uh, tell us about a couple of other varieties maybe people don't know about, uh, aren't in the regular mainstream that you're uh, very proud of and that you would like them to try when they drop by. Well, of course, the big one would be the Ortega, and the Ortega for us is one of our number one wines. Uh, Mm -hmm. Definitely the number one selling of all that we produce. Um, Winner of the Lieutenant Governor's Award. Um, It's multiple gold winners all across uh, British Columbia and then down into Oregon, Washington State. Uh, and then, of course, the reds. We've got a couple of different hybrid grapes, the the uh, Cabernet Libra, Cabernet Fauche, which are a couple of Blattners, uh, mm-hmm. and they do extremely well in this climate, and they're big, big sellers as well. So those are the ones that, that we always we have to explain a little bit more to the customers about it, but it's always worthwhile in the end. So they yeah. get a chance to taste something that they're not going to taste everywhere in the province. Uh, could, could you compare where you are, uh, say, the the growing season and the climate to anywhere else in B.C., or is it very different? I don't know if it's very different. It is definitely different. I mean, we've got quite a long growing season. The island in general has quite a long growing season. Yeah. Um, w- quite typically, our fruit will hang much longer than a lot of other fruit areas in, in the province. Um which is and it works really well for obviously the Pinot Noir and the and the hybrid reds. It works very well for them, but I don't know if it's if it's dramatically different. But uh, you know we are classified as a cool climate, so that does make a big difference. We're not going to sustain the heat like the Okanagan does, but but we hold nice temperate temperatures for a very long period of time, 
and certain grapes like the Pinot Noir and the Pinot Gris, you know they really enjoy that. Sorry, our guest is Lauren Inglis. He's the GM at Enrico Winery. Go ahead, Casey. Lauren, I love the name of your wine club, the Round Table Wine Club. How can we join that? Um, you can go online uh, just to the Enrico Winery website, and uh, all the information's right on there. Um, you can join it when you're in here as well at the tasting room, but of course, because of COVID, that's a little limited. But uh, definitely online, www.enricowinery.com, and you can find all the information right up there. Lauren, uh, I know that we're going to be traveling up to your winery. In fact, you're going to be hosting us up there uh, when we get the go-ahead uh, in the next month or two for sure. I, I know we're going to get it. I'm hoping we're going to get it, and uh, we'll have a chance to join you on site and taste some wine. Uh, any new releases at the moment coming out that we should know about? Well, we're bottling right now as we speak. Um, all of our whites are from last year are being bottled. Uh, we're super proud of the Pinot Gris last year as well as, or 2018 as well as this year. Um, yeah. Of course, again, the Ortega is uh, always a crowd favorite. So um, th- those would be the new releases. Our new Red Dragon Rosé, uh, which is 100% Pinot Noir, is absolutely stunning as well. So it's going to be fun to get them on the tables here very quickly. And that uh, Pinot Gris you mentioned, is that the 2018 Shining Armor, the one gold in the BC Lieutenant Governor's Awards? That is, um, this will be the 2019 version of that, or pardon me, the 2020 version of that. Um, but yes, it is. It's the same one, the Shining Armor. And uh, yes, it did win a gold medal at the at the Lieutenant Governor's. We're very proud of that, actually. Yes, congratulations on that. Lauren, I'm, I'm just wondering how the conversation's going with people looking to have weddings. Uh, well, let's put it this way. We it's had, a short uh, one? Probably eight. <laughs> Yeah, 18 to 20 of them booked for last year, which got rolled over into this year, which have yeah. all got rolled over into next year. We have wow. one very small one of 10 people coming up, uh, but that's it. Uh, it's it's very, very quiet on the big events, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, even just on the deck itself, we're so limited. You know, tables of 10, you know, the six-foot spacing, it's definitely cut down the, the space capacity or the capacity for the people, but... Everybody's coming, still enjoying themselves, so that's the most important part. Well, you guys are great storytellers, so you have the time now to tell your story. I think that's that's been an important sort of development in BC Wine, learning how to tell your story even better uh, during COVID, which I think helps everybody in the long run. Yeah, I agree, it does. And especially, you know, explaining the, the story about the winery, but explaining the wines, and the customers love hearing that. You know, yeah. telling them what they want to know about it and explaining the, the you know, the different varietals and the, the lineage. And it, it's, it's good to have the time to be able to do that for sure. Well, what I love about that area is that, boy, you guys really know how to party. <laughs> we've we've well, really Vancouver. had a lot of fun up there. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do not roll the uh, the sidewalks up at 11 o'clock, contrary to popular belief. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Lauren, uh, thanks so much for joining us today. We can't wait to get up there. I hope you get on with your spring duties, and uh, we'll be there soon enough to taste the wine with you. Uh, Maybe a little Ortega out on the patio would be just the perfect thing to kick off our spring. It would be, and we can't wait till you guys come over as well. We're super looking forward to it. Great. Thanks so much. Perfect. Okay. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Appreciate it, and uh, nice talking to you. 
Right on, Lauren Inglis. He's the general manager at Enrico Winery up in Mill Bay in the Cowichan Valley. Uh, if you haven't been there, really do yourself a favor and uh, drop by and try those wines and enjoy the property, the lovely sprawling property that you can uh, walk about and have a lot of fun. Uh, that's it for this week. We are out of time as uh, we head in the long weekend, Casey. I want to thank our technical producer, Anissa Hetherington, who made it across the bridge today just in time for the show, which was great uh, and does a great job making us sound as uh, well as well as we can sound, uh, which is better than we are. Exactly. Every week. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And to all our listeners across the province, be safe and have a great Easter long weekend. That's it for today's show. Tune in again next week for Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. BC Food and Wine Radio is a TKS West production. Executive producer, Casey Wilson.